When I was in sixth grade, my mom gave me a watch for my birthday. And I wore it for a week or so. I just didn't like it. It was just too heavy. I was playing basketball. It just didn't work. So I took it home, threw it in a drawer. That was it. Realized I'm not a jewelry guy. I am not a watch person. When I got to college, my college pastor had a hard time with that. He was always giving me grief about not wearing a watch. And his last Sunday at our church, before he took the lead pastor position of a church in Oregon, they had this going away deal for him. And it was very emotional. And they had him in front. We had this big banquet. And then they gave him this present. He opened up. It was a brand new watch. He just broke down, couldn't even talk, just crying. And while he was crying, he walked over to me, didn't say a word. He took his old watch off and put it on my wrist, just crying. It was such a touching moment, so sentimental. I went home. I took the watch. I threw it in the sock drawer. I'm not a watch person. I, I'm just not. Uh, but my daughter, Trisha is. She was born with a watch on. She came out yep, right on time. So when she was growing up, you know, if you don't have a watch, you never know what time it is. So I said, Trisha, what time is it? What time is it? What time you got? And she'd always say the same thing. Dad, it's time for you to get a watch. What time is it? I'm not going to ask you that question, and I'm not going to ask Trisha that question today. I want to go right to the Apostle Paul, because he answers the question for us in Romans 13 as we continue this, this series, what's important now, W-I-N. So today it's what's urgent now, and I spelled urgent, I-R-G-E-N-T. Okay? If you, if you put that into Google, I-R-G-E-N-T, it'll say you spelled it wrong, but I'm doing it anyway. What's, what time is it? Look what uh, Paul says here. He says, you know what sort of times we live in, and so you should live properly. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up, again, when I was in college, uh, I worked my way through, I worked a, a shift at Ralph's Grocery Store almost every day, 2 a.m. to 8 a.m. So I'd go to bed, I'd try to go to bed at 10.30, which is hard for a college student. I'd get up at 1.30, I'd work from 2 to 8, go home, take a nap, and then go to class. But one, one quarter, I did something really silly. I scheduled an 8 a.m. humanities class. And I remember one day I walked in. It was a little late because I got off work a little late. I walked into this lecture hall, about 500 seats, pretty full. I was a little late. There was an aisle seat, so right near the back, which was kind of crazy since I was late. I, I got in there. I was you know, really tired from working all night. It sat in the aisle seat, got ready for the lecture, and then it happened they turned the lights down, put a video up. When I woke up, the lights were on, and the lecture hall was completely empty. Hundreds of students walked past me as I was just, have you ever done that? Have you ever slept through something important? Have you ever snoozed through, ever dozed off? Some of you are doing it now. We have somebody doing the Mr. Bean goes to church routine over here already, and we just started. But Paul says, it's time to wake up. Wake up. Look at the times. Look at the times. As we go through 2020, it's been crazy, all the weird stuff, and people have been asking this question, is this the end, my friend? Is this the end? Is this the end times? Are we hitting it? And Jesus said, nobody's going to know the date or the hour, but he does say things are going to happen. There are going to be some signs of the end times. And he says, one of the signs is there will be wars. We have a lot of those. And then he says there will be rumors of wars. 
And I suspect everybody online, everybody here, that your whole life has been rumors of wars. Right? I mean, just the, the Soviet Union is going to blow everything up. You know, there's going to be the, there's a Cold War, the nuclear thing. We were waiting for rumors of wars. And then there's Vietnam. The communists are coming. And then there was Iran. Remember, with the hostage crisis, they're coming after us. Remember the 80s when Japan was going to take over everything? And we're just, oh, we're just waiting for them. And then Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait. He's coming after us. And then 9-11 happened. And the Taliban's coming after us. And then it was ISIS. And they're going to blow up everything. You know, they're going to blow up Folsom Dam. And it's, it's just these rumors of wars. And it just, it just kept going. Then there was Korea. Kim Jong-un stable is going to just blow us up, right? And then it's Russia, Russia, Russia. And now it's China. Or as Trump would say, China. It's China. So the, the rumors of wars. Wars, rumors of wars. And then Jesus said, then there will be famines, and pestilence. I looked up pestilence. You know what pestilence says? You know what it means? Virus, endemic, epidemic, pandemic. I, I think we're there. Then he says, another sign will be false teachers. People just teaching a bunch of garb. I, is, is this the end? I don't know. But as Paul says, uh, this is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for now our salvation is near now than when we first believed. It's later than it's ever been. It's closer than it's ever been. It is time to wake up. It's time to just wake up and go, what is going on? It's time to wake up. And then he tells us how to wake up, though. So how do I do that? How do I wake up? I want to give you four quick ways. Well, then it won't be quick. Four ways. It's a beautiful day. We're going to be out here. For, if you're at home, you're missing out. It's just nice. And I don't hear the kids making too much noise right now. Okay. I get it. We'll try to go quick. Four ways to wake up. Here's the first one. Um, put some urgency, urgency into your actions. Put some urgency. Wake up. Wake up folks. Put some urgency into your actions. Paul says this, this is all the more urgent. Message version says we can't afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity, frivolity or whatever that is, and indulgence. We, we got to get to work. Now, I think a lot of us think, okay, wake up. So does that mean getting woke? And if you think about it, there's, you know, there's this stuff that's going on now. You got on the left, you've got the, the get woke crowd. On the right, you've got take the red pill crowd. That's like political awareness, right? That is not what Paul's talking about here. He's talking about action. In, in Romans 13, and this is the NIV, he says, and do this, do this, understanding the present time, it's time to wake up. Do this, and you're saying, what is this? Well, let's look at what he's been saying all along. If you go back and just walk through what's happened in Romans, it's about taking action. Romans chapter 1, scariest chapter in the Bible, maybe. At the end of it, it starts talking about all this wickedness that's going on and people doing terrible things. At the end of that chapter, it says what's worse than that is that they encourage other people to do those things. Really scary, but we can say, I'm not wicked like that, I'm okay. Romans chapter 2, the Jews are in trouble because the law is not going to help them. Thinking, I'm not Jewish. I'm fine. I actually found out I was 3 to 6% Jewish, so maybe I'm okay. Chapter 3, okay, I'm 
not wicked, I'm not Jewish, I'm okay. Chapter three, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Crap, that's me, right? All have sinned, we're all in trouble. Chapter five, God demonstrates his love toward us while we are still sinners. Chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, chapter, Christ died for us. That's, that's good. And chapter six says, um, the wages of sin is death. We are all destined for death, for eternal death, eternal separation. We're all destined for hell, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. How much condemnation? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 28, God causes all things to work together for good for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Uh, go on a little bit later in Romans 8, it says, nothing can separate those of us who are in Christ Jesus from the love of God. Nothing can separate us if we are in Christ Jesus, which raises the question, how do you get in Christ Jesus? Chapter 10, he says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You can get in Christ Jesus. It's pretty simple, A, B, C, Admit, call on Lord, God, I need you. Believe that Jesus offers forgiveness. Call on God, commit, which gets us to, to Romans 12, which he says, in view of God's mercy, all these things he's done for us, give your bodies to God. That's action, right? Give your bodies to God. Renew your mind. Discover God's will for your life. How do you do that? He says, by finding your spiritual gift. If, if your gift is teaching, go teach. If it's encouraging, encourage. If it's giving, fork it over. Take some action. If it's serving, serve. If it's leading, we need you to lead. If it's showing mercy, we need you to show mercy. It's action. And he says, uh, never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Then he says, get along with other people. At the end of Romans 12, he says, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And we say, how can we do that? We live in such an oppressive time. we got this terrible government. And that brings us to Romans 13. Two weeks ago, Jeff spoke. Romans 13 says, get along with everyone and, and submit, to the, submit to the authority, submit to the government, because the powers at B are put there by God. God knows who's going to win the election, and he's not all that worried about it. So why are we? Submit. Do what the government says. You know, follow along. Pay your taxes. Pay what you owe, which leads us to last week where Ben said, uh, pay... Pay what you owe and don't owe anybody anything except love. Love is the highest goal. And then from there he goes on and says this, and do this, which is love, which is all these action things, committing yourself to God. Do this, do this knowing what time it is. Here's the thing. The way you wake up is you get moving. It's not about, oh, let me just think through. It's taking action. It's going forth, committing your life to God. Here's the second thing. How do you wake up? Put some urgency into your day. Put some urgency into your actions, but every day put a little urgency into it. Look what he says. He says, it's time to wake up. He says, because we belong to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. He says that the day is almost here. The night is over. Don't live 
like it's the middle of the night. Now, how many of you in your high school had a, had a curfew? You had a curfew? How many of you, that curfew was midnight because your mom, like my mom, said, you got to be home by midnight because nothing good ever happens after midnight? Did you hear that one? I wonder where mom got that. She got it from Romans 13. He says, don't, don't live in the darkness. It's day. You know, put, put aside all these terrible deeds of, of darkness. And then he gives us this list. And we can go, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about wild parties. I didn't go to one last night. Drunkenness. I'm okay. Sexual promiscuity, immoral living, maybe jealousy. You know, I, I'm kind of fine. But then he throws this other one in there quarreling, which is kind of weird. He, quarreling and sexual promiscuity are this, in the same list? Wild parties and drunkenness and quarreling? What is quarreling? Well, if you look it up, a disagreement is a lack of consensus. When you have a disagreement, it's just a lack of consensus. Quarreling is a disagreement that is heated, that gets emotional. It's generally over trivial things. I remember in June when a lot of, a lot of stuff was going on in our, our culture with all, all these fights and protests. I was talking to my son, Tim, and he said, you know, a lot of people in our culture are ill-equipped for a disagreement. We don't know how to disagree because we go right to the emotions, right to the quarreling, and Paul says, put away the deeds of darkness, all those terrible things like getting drunk and sleeping around and doing all these terrible things and posting crap on Facebook. And you're like, wait, what? He says, put that, Here, here's just a, it's not the big challenge, but just a suggestion. Do you think, go the whole week without posting a, some, something quarrelsome on Facebook or commenting? Go ahead and like, because some of them are just funny, Right? Doesn't matter what side you're on. Now, that's just fun. But are, we live in this quarrelsome, it's all emotion. Hey, just relax. You can have a disagreement. You can have a disagreement. Put some urgency into that. Put some urgency into your day. And that's because we get to number three. Put some urgency into your front row. Look what he says. He says, because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see, because people are watching. It's urgent. It's time to wake up and realize that there are people looking at you, watching how you live, watching what you post, watching your comments, watching what you say. And Paul says, it's time to wake up. That The day is closer than ever. Is it the end times? Well, it's a lot closer than it was yesterday. We're getting... Uh, Put some urgency into these people that God has placed in your life. We all have, what, 8 to 15 people that God has strategically, sovereignly, supernaturally placed in our life. And check out this. In Romans uh, 10, he says, Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And then he says this, But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless some, someone else tells them? Here's the question. And it's kind of an urgent question, but who's going to tell the people in your front row about the love of Jesus? Who, who's going to talk to the, my neighbors 
man, am I really actually saying? Who's going to talk to the people in, in my circle, in my household, in my network about Jesus? Am I going to just sit back and wait for somebody else to do it? Who's going to do it? It's, it's you. And how are they going to believe? How are they going to come to Jesus and experience his love unless you and I put some urgency into it and say, wow, we've got, we've got to do something about this. You say, well, I, I can't talk to them. Yes, you can. It's as easy as ABC. That's what we talk about every Sunday so that you know it's A, B, admit, believe, commit. You can do this. Well, I can't really talk. Well, if your gift is serving, Paul says, serve them. That'll make an impact. If your gift is encouragement, encourage them. If it's teaching, teach. If it's preaching, preach. If it's giving, invest in them. If it's showing mercy and kindness, do that. But who, who's going to do this if it's not you and if it's not me, you know, we, we do this, uh, your front row, these, these cards that we handed out. There's some on the back table there. You know, you know, we asked you to write down the names of the people. And I was with Tom Mercer, who wrote the book, uh, Not My Church, a couple weeks ago, 10 days ago. And he said, you know, if we don't write down the name, why do we ask people to write down the names of the people that they're, they're trying to influence? He said, if you don't write it down, you're not going to do it. When you take the time to actually write their name down, you know what that does? That, that ups the urgency. And when you take the time to actually pray for those people every day or every other day or five days a week, and you're just praying for your neighbors, you're praying for your friends, that they would see the love of Jesus, that puts urgency into it. And when you ask God, how can I invest in these people? What, what can I do to just you know, put some energy in it. That, that is a sense of urgency. When you invite them to church, and maybe you're like, I'm just not ready to talk, we'll talk to them, but you can invite them. When you invite them to Jesus, you know what that does? That just increases the urgency, and it shows you that it's time to wake up. Put some urgency into your actions, into your day, into your front row. One more. Put some urgency into your spiritual growth. Look what he says here. Let the Lord Jesus Christ be as near to you as the clothes you wear. And what does that mean? With COVID-19, our clothes are a little tighter than they were six months ago. So he said, get tighter with God. This is important stuff. The, the, the day is coming. It's, it's closer than ever before. Look at the signs. And, and Paul said, you know, it may not be the end of the world, but it might be getting pretty close for some of you. Put some urgency. Put some urgency into it. It starts with the ABC prayer. It starts with us personally going to God and admit, wow, you know what? I'm, I'm either never committed to you or maybe I have committed to you. I admit, God, you know, I've put you, I've put... <sighs> I put my faith, I put my outreach on the back burner, just going to God and confessing that and admitting that. And then there's just the believing piece where you believe God loves you so much. He put those people in your life for you to influence because he loves them and because he loves you. And he knows that when you reach out to people in your front row, that's going to help you grow spiritually. And when we've got to believe that God offers us forgiveness and believe that God offers other people forgiveness as well. And then it's coming to God and calling on him and committing our lives to him. Re-upping. If you've never committed your life to God, let me encourage you to do that. If 
you have, let's get back to Romans 12. In view of God's mercy, give your body to God. Say, God, I'm signing up. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Have God renew our minds. There's so much crap out there. We've got to get back to what God is saying, renew our minds, and then we're out there discovering God's will and living God's will and doing the action stuff and realizing it's urgent, it's urgent, it's urgent. It's time to wake up. Let me give you a big challenge. Here's a big challenge. Take a step of urgency with your front row. Just, just to remind you, you know, it's time to wake up. This might be the end, my friend. This is certainly the beginning of the end. My friend. So take some urgency. That just might mean getting one of these cards. There's some on the back there. Just taking one will be a step of urgency. Or maybe it's just writing down, writing down the names. Just, and maybe it's praying for them every day. I've got a list of people I pray for that, that are in my, in my sphere of influence, on my front row, and I just pray for them every day. Maybe the next step for me is saying, God, where do you want me to invest? Which one of these people do you really, you're just calling me to take that next step? Maybe it's inviting somebody to, to church or to your discussion group. Take the next step on your spiritual journey. Don't forget the reading plan. Don't forget the, the reading plan is just going to remind us, wow, there's all this garbage going on in the world right now, but I just need to be reminded it's time to wake up. I don't know whether you wear a watch or not. Maybe you've got a nice Rolex. You know, maybe you've got a Timex. Do they still make Timexes? Takes a licking, keeps on ticking. Maybe, maybe you've got an Apple watch or a smart watch or... Maybe you're like me, you don't have a watch. It doesn't matter because the time is pretty clear. It's time to wake up.